eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For those who, who don't remember, you've played in this rivalry. What's it like? Um, the urgency picks up. You know, the, the tempo of the game, the play speed picks up. There, there's a different feel to Bears-Packers, whether it's at Lambeau, whether it's at Soldier Field, the game we talked about last year, whether it's in Champaign, Illinois, it doesn't matter where you're playing this football game. There is an intensity to it that is different than playing someone from the AFC East, right, than playing someone from the NFC East. It just is. And then you, you will feel that, in my opinion, based on my experience, you feel that throughout the week of practice. You feel that's the lead-up to the game, the pregame. You feel that when you come out of the tunnel. This feels more, in my opinion, almost like a college football game. Interesting. Is that good or bad? Does it mean it's going to be sloppy and dumb no, no, and no. all the special teams are going to suck? <laughs> no. No, what I mean is there, there's a different feel about it. Yes, you're a professional. You, you know, it, there's always a business-like atmosphere to pro games, much different than college and obviously much different than Friday night's ride coach. But this game just has that different feel to it where it matters more. One is the divisional game. And, look, we've talked about this for years. When the game's in your division, you usually play in football in January, right? So it has more importance there also because it is a divisional opponent. And there's also – these are the teams you study in the offseason. Every time you go through your self-scouting as offseason, where you're a coach or a player in the NFL, you start with your divisional opponents. You study offensive, defensive tendencies. You study how they targeted you or how they attacked you last year based on their personnel. And you start to generate a game plan of what you can do, what you can get away with, and how you can create explosive plays on offense and limit them on defense. I'm super excited about what Tyreek Stevenson could be. Mm-hmm. Watching his tape, l- reading the, the reports on him, hearing what people are saying in practice. My concern is that because he is an aggressive player and is used to man coverage, my concern is double moves. And, and him being attacked because we know on the other side of the field, people don't like to throw at Jalen Johnson. So what are the coaching points for a young, aggressive corner in his first NFL game? How do you, how do you say, hey, we want you to be you, but be careful? It's your eye discipline. It's always your eye discipline in the secondary, Lawrence. You cannot have greedy eyes. Okay? When you have really greedy eyes, 
that's when you get caught. That's when they start to run double moves on you. That's when you lose leverage. That's when you lose the wide receiver who gets behind your hip pocket and you can't find him. It's all about eye discipline in the secondary. Yes, we talk about footwork, cushion, leverage. That stuff all matters. It's a big part of playing coverage in football, but it's your eye discipline. You have to trust your eyes. You have to believe your eyes. You also have to be cautious with your eyes, especially when you're playing your first National Football League game. Because if I'm Matt LaFleur, that's what I'm going after too. I'm going to test him early. I'm going to keep testing him. Now, if he makes a couple plays, I'm going to back off. But I'm going to go after Stevenson early. And I agree with you, Lawrence. I remember watching Stevenson down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. as the physical traits. So that's really this secondary in a whole. This is the secondary I would love to coach. I would love to coach the secondary in Chicago because of the physical demeanor they have. We can talk about coverage traits. We can talk about ball skills. That stuff all matters. But from my perspective and a coaching perspective, I want a secondary that dictates the tempo of the game, that dictates the outcome of a football game. And that starts with physical play style, and this group has it. All right, while we're talking about this, let me bounce off of you what I mentioned a couple segments ago, and that is the idea that not having another preseason game, not having at least something that simulates real football, Mm -hmm. takes away another test of discipline when it comes to officiating and understanding the outsized effect that officiating has when the lights go on. Because the practices aren't, quote-unquote, officiated the same way, and even exhibition games aren't officiated the same way. When I see a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, what I won't have happen, and I can't have happen, he makes a play, right? Fourth quarter, dives, bats it away, gets up, and does a dance where he's facing the wrong direction, and a flag comes in. Like right, it's, right. it's when you say it's it's a college game. I see a lot of college kids acting a fool sometimes over celebrating. You can't <laughs> you can't do that at this level. No, I understand that, and you bring up a good point about the officiating without the extra game because also there is a transition. I've said this before. There's a major transition from training camp speed to preseason speed, and then there's a huge jump to regular season speed. Okay, so that includes the officials, right? The game's going to move so much faster on Sunday than it did in August. So much faster. One, you're going to have starters in there for four quarters. Okay, you're going to have big-time players in the field for four quarters. And the game is just faster. The tempo is faster. Getting out of the huddle is faster. Um, the, the formations, you're going to stretch the field more. You're going to be more aggressive. That all includes the officials being able to transition with you, being in a position to make the right calls, being in a position to understand that there's going to be some – outside the numbers between wide receivers and corners, you have to let some of that go and let these kids play, right? There's going to be situations like that. So that is a concern, Dan. I agree with you. In that first week of the season where officials get caught in the wrong position and they do not make the right calls. Matt, do you expect Jair Alexander to travel with DJ Moore? And if you were coaching Green Bay, would you travel him? That's a great question. Now, look, when they're in man coverage, yes, 100% man coverage. I think Alexander's a top, I would say a top two corner in the NFL right now, based on his tape and based on what I study. He is that good and that talented. So when you're in man coverage, yes. Now, Green Bay, I, I think there'll be a split. You know, man, you know, around 50% man and zone. And when they play zone, it, it's hard to travel, obviously, because you can just motion DJ more across the formation. That takes care of it. But that's, you know, something to build off of that, Lawrence, is what they do with DJ more pre-snap. Is there a lot of movement with him pre-snap? Are you giving Justin Fields the proper coverage indicators, but also putting DJ Moore in a position where he gets free access off the line of scrimmage? And that's the key to this, where he doesn't have to battle time and time again against Alexander in man coverage situations to get loose. Let's give him free access off the ball. Let's put him in bunches. Let's put him in stacks. Let's put him in fast motion to get him loose underneath because you went out and got DJ Moore for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's the ball carrier vision after the catch. 
I think it's the physical element he plays with. Yes, he can stretch the field vertically. We know that. But in this game, looking at Green Bay, what they have up front, and looking at Chicago offensively, what they have up front, I would really try to get the ball to Justin's hands. A lot of screens to DJ Moore, a lot of unders, a lot of scheme crosses that allow him to attack open grass because then he can be a football player for you. But it starts pre-snap and how you create that. As far as the scheme crossers go, Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who we were talking to. It was one of our experts. It might have been, was it Nate Tice? It was someone saying that Chase Claypool is, his game doesn't necessarily match what you think it is looking at his body. That right. he, that he's built, you'd scout him as as a classic X, as as one of these, these split ends, like a D, DK Metcalf light, when in fact his skill is yards after the catch, ball in his hands, swerving around the middle of the field. If you're going to throw those crossers, I know we think Mooney and Moore, but that's a great opportunity to see what Claypool can do if it's going to be an important part of your passing game. I agree. And it also gives your quarterback a defined read. I think we've talked about this before. We call them clear and, re- clear and replace concepts. What that means is the outside receiver clears, and you replace that area with a crosser or a deep over. That's one of the classic – NFL play-action passing concepts right now. And that can be a spot for Chase Claypool for sure. Because when you catch those passes, you're open. That's how you're scheming people open. You're creating those coverage voids versus zone coverage, clearing the corner out, pulling the linebackers down with quick play action. There's your second-level void to attack on the crossers. And it's not just catch and tackle. It's catch and run in those situations. And I think the Bears need more of that in their offense. I think it makes it easier for the quarterback. You're not putting the quarterback in a position where he has to throw deep outs on third and 12. Third and six to ten, you're putting him in a position where you can throw the scheme voids and using your talent because you went out this offseason and upgraded this entire roster, right? That's what they did. That's what Ryan Poles did. You upgraded the offensive line, you upgraded a wide receiver, you upgraded all three levels of the defense. This is a game you have to win, in my opinion. This is a game where you should start one and zero. Green Bay is going through a major transition, and I know Jordan Love has first round traits. There's no question about that. He has not played a lot of football, but he has the arm talent. He's an excellent mover. He can play off second reaction. That is a young football team in Green Bay on the offensive side of the ball. This is a game the Bears should win, be 1-0, and and go on to next week. Okay. I, I, I You talk about inspiring. See, there you go. You, you get that from, from Matt Bowen. I do have some questions, though, about both quarterbacks, and you already started with love. Let me ask you about fields. What are the things that you specifically – are going to be looking for as evidence of Justin's a better passer this season? I think his eye level in the pocket, okay? Uh, you know, with an athletic quarterback, a lot of times when you get pressure, the eye level will drop a little bit. You start reading the rush and looking to create because you can, because we've talked about this, Justin has the physical tools that are different than everyone on the field. He can create special plays consistently, but you want to see him do that when necessary. You want to see him throw it from the pocket. You want to see him rip it from the pocket down the field to the second and third level. You want to see him read it out with a little bit more speed. And like I said, you can define it. You can scheme it for him. There's going to come a time in every football game with every quarterback in this league where you're going to have to make plays in critical moments where you can't define it. You can't scheme it. It's got to be the quarterback getting from one to two or going to the backside, hitting the backside inbreaker, who's your three, or finding the running back or creating space for himself as a thrower in the pocket. I think that's the next prog- progression for fields is the master of the pocket, is the master of where he can step up, he can throw the shoulder forward, he can slide, he can create more space for him as a thrower because he has a lot of talent around him right now. 
I was going to ask you about Mercedes Lewis and what his role is actually going to be on and the fact that they brought the 39-year-old tight end in and he's on the roster. And then I was looking at, you guys played the same year. <laughs> you know, you were still playing in 06 and, when he was a rookie. Yes. That's incredible. I know. I know. It is. I mean, that's one of the, I mean, if you look at his career, because he, he plays a very physical position, too. That's the thing about it. You're not talking about a wide receiver who is a rotational player. This is a tight end. That is very physical. And I think with Lewis, what your expectations are for him, obviously not high receiving volume. He can catch the ball on flats and unders and boots. But I think you're really bringing him in to reach block and a down block. That's what you're doing here. You're bringing him in to set an edge. And, look, that is the number one thing in football. Whether it's offense or defense, whoever sets the edge usually wins the football game, right? Whoever can get to the perimeter and win usually wins that game. So I think you're bringing them in there to be a perimeter blocker in your scheme that can set the edge for you, that you can get runs to the outside. That's what I believe. This is about the healthiest the Green Bay offensive line has been, the most intact that we've seen them in in a long time. Now, granted, Mercedes Lewis not being there hurts them in the run game, but this run game – has been very effective for them with their two backs and, and a healthy offensive line. How will the Bears have to combat that? That's a great point because the run game is a foundational piece of Matt LaFleur's offense. I mean, that's what it is. The offense is built out of the run game. That's why they have so much success throwing play action, you know, because it looks just like the run game. I mean, that's who they are. I mean, you look at that coaching tree. That's where it starts is the run game. I and mean, it's usually outside or inside zone, some power in there as well. But for Chicago – you really look at what you did at the linebacker position this offseason, right? The additions you made there and how they can impact the run game, how they can play downhill, be cut off and force players versus running. Because I agree with you, Jones and Dylan, that, that's a really good backfield. And we know Aaron Jones can be productive as a receiver as well. But I do believe, and I've said this before, with Jordan Love, if you're looking at the Green Bay offense, broad view of their offense. I, I think in the beginning of the season, they're going to be much more run heavy, right? That's what I would do from a coaching perspective. Be run heavy, then build your pass game out of it to throw your second level play action throws and then take your shots down the field off of max protection. But I think this is a game where Chicago has to win defensively versus the run game because you can't allow Green Bay to control Temple and to put their young quarterback in favorable situations. Well, then they're in trouble because I, th- I think their tackles are bad. I really do. And I, I think getting Dexter and Pickens up to speed as quickly as possible is going to be an indicator as to the overall quality of this team because you've got replacement level three technique and maybe mm-hmm. replacement level nose tackle. No, I agree with that. And that's going to be a major test. And you talked about the two rookie defensive tackles. Can they be disruptive? Right? Look, they're going to make mistakes. Any rookie who's playing in this game is going to make mistakes. But at that position, I don't care. Like even if you you can can make a mistake and still be upfield and still be it's still a positive. Even if something's a little off in your technique or your gap is over here, just get up there. I agree with that, Dan. And that's the beauty of playing defensive tackle as a rookie. If if you can get off the football and if you can be disruptive, you completely disrupt the timing of the run play. Right now, you're forcing the running back to bounce at the edge when it's supposed to hit inside. Now you're knocking off a puller that's trying to get to the edge. So I agree with you. But those defensive tackles, that you have to have some interior disruption at any level of football to play the run game. You have to create negative plays at times, right? You can't give up four and a half yards to carry at any level and win games. You have to create negative plays. So, sure, the focus, you're talking about the Bears run game, I would start interior, like you said, Dan. 